really the first thing is developing your, your candidate profile. Figure out what the job description looks like. Figure out what the expected outcomes are going to be. Figure out what your ideal candidate map looks like. Figure out what your compensation plan looks like. And really just get all your ducks in a row. What's your interviewing and screening process going to look like before you go to market and start talking to people? Because candidates can tell, you know, there's a lot of candidates that are excited about being early, you know, first person into a growing business. But what they're looking for is organization in, in your interview process. And they want to make sure that you're well thought out and, and well planned in terms of what type of person you're looking for and, and what, what their job's going to entail once they're on board. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. Hey everybody, Brian here. You're about to listen to an awesome episode with Andy Wright from Bricks Recruiting that was recorded just a few short months ago, but it is so timely. With our industry growing by leaps and bounds, you have to have a team that can maximize your sales and profits and do it well so that your customers have a wow experience every single time. Andy shares tips on how to find those people that you might not have thought of before. So grab a pen to take some notes and let's get to it. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And today I asked a non-contractor to come on. I've been doing this a little bit more lately than in the past because there is a big issue out there right now. And I thought I would go to one of the top experts in the field and ask some questions about how to solve this problem. And that problem is getting people, recruiting, getting people to actually go out and do the work for us and get the work done and installed. So I have Andy Wright here from Bricks Recruiting. They specialize in the home improvement industry, which is great, you know. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that they're finding and what are some, some things that you can do in order to go and find really good people, really great people to bring into your organization. So before we get started, I got to remind everybody, if you haven't got a copy already, go and get a copy of The Seven Secrets book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. The book is free. I buy the book you pay shipping. Just go to thewealthycontractor.com and order your book. Just pay shipping and handling. I send you a physical copy of the book. That's it. That's my pitch for the book. Andy, welcome. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you. Yeah. So you must be busy. <clears throat> yeah. Actually, uh, we're having a very busy year. It's It's been going gangbusters. We yeah. actually just we're coming off a record quarter, in fact, and a lot of that's due to the home improvement industry segment. We actually recruit in a couple of other segments, commercial construction, fluid power, but home improvement is a big chunk of what we do. So we've had a good year. All right, cool. So look, part of the reason I had you come on is that the one of the big things that I'm hearing from most all of my clients is we got backlogged. We got more work than we can get installed. We have more leads than we can run. These are all great problems to have, but those problems require people. Aside from process, they require people. 
And so we got to bring on, you know, a lot of them have to bring on more people. And uh, quite frankly, it's a tough thing to do bringing on people. So let's talk a little bit about what you're seeing out there. What are some of the best practices? Where do you want to start? I mean, yeah. where do we start? No, that sounds good. There, there's a, a lot we could unpack. You know, despite the layoffs this year, it's still a candidate-driven market. And our belief is that the best candidates are still gainfully employed. So a lot of what we're seeing is proactive versus reactive candidate generation. I started recruiting <clears throat> in 2003. And, and back then, you could post an ad online. And three out of four times, you'd, you'd get a good hire out of it. So this is back when Career Builder, Monster, Hot Jobs were all doing well. But I think these days, the, the post and pray method is working from what we're seeing about 25% of the time. So we're having to, to turn it into a proactive outbound marketing campaign related to filling a position and getting the word out amongst industry folks about an opportunity. That's interesting. Can you please explain that a little bit more? Because that's that's kind of a different way of looking at the recruiting. Because look, I mean, for the most part, people place ads and they wait for people to come and respond to those ads. And you're right. The people that we want aren't the people that are, are that are out of work. We actually want the people that are still employed. And so talk a little bit about that, you know, because it's like you're, I mean, you could look at it as, I'm, well, I'm offering a better opportunity. You could also look at it as another way and I'm stealing people from other people, but there's somewhere in the middle of that is what's really going on. Right. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And, you know, so it's not always stealing, right? Sometimes it's relocation. Sometimes it's a level up. So we call it the passive candidate pool. And, and generally the the school of thought is that, your top performing individuals are busy and they don't have time to surf, surf job boards. So I think it's a matter of professionally taking a message out to the field about an opportunity, networking, referral generation, you know, generally speaking, if you post an ad on a job board these days, it gets buried under a hundred others. So it, you can have the best ad out there and, and the right people just don't see it. It's just hard to stand out and, and it's hard to select which job board works these days. So we work with a lot of different dealers and, and we generally coach them to do as much outbound proactive pipeline generation as they can. Like some what? of that, some of it, some of it can be done through their current employees, just making sure that the referral program is is up and running and making sure that everybody knows about it. You know, you'd be amazed but, if oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say what the and, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but you no, said referral right. program. So I wanted to know what does that look like? So I, I know of a few dealers that have been able to fill most of their positions this year through current employee referrals. And I think half the battle is just emphasizing the program to your current team and letting them know that you're looking to build a talent pipeline. You know, you may offer an incentive, some sort of cash bonus for, for bringing a friend or a colleague into the company, but that's a really good way to proactively get the word out. But yeah, I, I mean, yep. I have clients that do that. Do you have like... So you you have to provide an incentive. Let's, you know, it helps. And so what kind of incentives do you see working? I mean, how, how do I go to my employees and say, hey, I'm looking for more installers or I'm looking for other salespeople. You know people. I'm going to give you X if this happens. I have a lot of my clients that kind of stair-step. So if they, if they come in for an interview, 
they get this. If they stay, if they get hired, they get this. If they stay for 90 days, they get this. Can you give some best practices around, around that? Yeah, and I, you hit on a really good chord because I think the sub-installer recruiting can really pay dividends if you get a, a referral program going. But I, I like the 90-day, 180-day bonus. I, I don't love the, the first interview, first, first start date bonus, but I, I do like the 90, 180, one-year bonuses for those. And yeah, we've heard really good things about offering your, your install crews referral bonuses to, to refer another installer. Like how much? I mean, <clears> what's, <throat> what's a good bonus that you see out there? Well, it, it depends, right? So a salesperson might be worth less than a sales manager, right? So I, I would match it up to the level of position. Okay. So yep. if I'm looking for, let's just use an installer, for example, what might be a good incentive in terms of cash? I, I would say a couple thousand dollars, but couple again, this, yeah, right. again, but this is 180 days down the road, right? So this yeah. is after it, it's proven to be somebody that's going to be on board with you for a while. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack, you owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. Yeah, so, and is the 2000 earned in pieces or like, you'd give them a check. Okay. If that person, if you refer somebody and they stay for six months, we give you a check for X number of dollars. I would do an all or nothing. And and it, it may sound like a lot, but you could spend four or $500 on a job ad that doesn't net any results for you. I, I think 2000 bucks is a bargain. Well, for an employee, it's quite a bit, right? Right. I mean, I'd, I'd be motivated as an employee to refer a friend for a couple thousand dollars. Oh yeah. 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 Just just make sure that the employer brand is strong, right? Just make sure that your team is excited about the employer brand and, and there, there's a consistent message that they're communicating to their network about what it's like to work there, the internal culture, the growth opportunity. So that's another part of another thing that we like to advise when we're talking to dealers is just make sure that the employer brand messaging is, is well laid out and communicated to the team, even if they're not hiring managers. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is you got to be a good company to work for. Yeah. Right. Your, your employees, <laughs> the ones that you currently have actually kind of have to be happy. Yeah. They actually have to think that, Hey, this is a great place to be. And I have a bright future here. Otherwise they're not going to bring their friends into the, if they're unhappy, they're not going to bring their friends into the misery. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not getting referrals from employees, it, it may be a sign that you should do some stay interviews and, and see how people are doing. Well, it's interesting because because you I think you know this G4 Marketing Group, which is kind of my main business, 
uh, all we do is referrals for, not all we do, but a big chunk of what we do is help our clients get more referrals. And one of the big things that we always tell people is, first of all, you have to be referable, right? And so it goes the same when you are using a referral program to bring new people into, into the business. Yeah, if so if you if you're if you've got a new opening, send a quick email out to the team, let everybody know that you've got a new job opportunity. Send a quick email out to other owners in town, other hiring managers, anybody that you know within the industry, you'd be surprised what might come up. Yeah. What do you think? So so the whole proactive recruiting method that I know you guys do and I know a lot of my clients do it too. And a lot of them work with you. Actually, you, you do it for them, but a lot of them do it internally as well. Is That process is basically going out onto, is it like going out onto a LinkedIn or even some of the job boards and looking for people that are employed and then like pinging them and shooting them a message? I mean, what does that kind of look like? You know, there's a lot of activity on LinkedIn. That that's a that's definitely a popular source. I think there's there's some some good activity on Twitter. There's some good activity on Facebook. We make a lot of phone calls. You know, I think our industry, the home improvement industry, is pretty tight knit. I think people generally know each other, and so for us, it, it's done in a in a professional manner. It's it's not cheesy or aggressive, but it's just a matter of making phone calls and, and letting people know that you've got an opportunity and, and asking them if they know anybody that might be a fit. You know, generally for every 10 calls we make, we net a candidate. So it, it's a little bit time consuming, but for an owner to, to do at least a little bit of that to keep a constant pipeline going is, is a great idea. How do you know who to call? Well, we've got a database. We, we've got a, a pretty robust database, but if I'm if I'm an owner in, in Indianapolis and I've been in business for 10, 15, 20 years, odds are good. I know the other players in Indianapolis and I don't think it's out of bounds at all to, to call a, a colleague of mine down the street and ask him if they've got a sales manager referral. Oftentimes other owners. Okay, you, wait, 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 wait. Are you suggesting calling your competitors? It, nope. So, so let me clarify a little bit. If I'm a replacement window dealer uh, and I'm not selling, I'm not selling, <clears throat> I'm not selling bathroom remodeling. I might call a, a bathroom remodeling company down the road because they may have recently connected with a really good candidate that they just don't have a spot for. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also talk to your dealer reps, right? They know really good people. These manufacturer reps are, are often really good referral sources and the industry consultants, you know, the companies that like yours that provide marketing resources, the companies that provide production and sales training. Really, it's just a matter of sending emails, making phone calls, putting a social post out there. If you work the network, again, it's a little time consuming, but from a cost per hire standpoint, it's really efficient. Yeah. Well, and the reality of it is it's like anything else. Action creates reaction, right? So if you have the intention of, hey, I need to hire acts. I need a sales manager or an installation manager or installers. It's like, okay, now I got to set my intention. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I want. And you got to now start taking action against it. You mentioned, I was actually a little surprised that you mentioned Twitter. I'm not surprised that you mentioned Facebook. Talk to me a little bit about Twitter because I think Twitter and Facebook are different strategies or are they similar? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Facebook, you can actually search for candidates using company names, 
right? So I can search Facebook by employer name. I think for Twitter, it's more of a top of mind awareness campaign. And, and the same goes with the uh, LinkedIn social feed. So if I'm a hiring manager or an owner and I put a message on, on LinkedIn or Twitter every time I've got a new opening, I may not get a candidate right away, but it's creating top of mind awareness so that six or 12 months down the road, when somebody does think of a candidate or somebody does decide that they want to start to look around, they, they think of my company. Yeah. Yep. So with Facebook then, can you do you ever use ads on Facebook or is it just social posts that you're doing? You know, we've tried ads on Facebook. You can do a little bit of targeting that way. But again, I, I think it goes back to so most of the manager level uh, professionals that we work with are are busy, honestly. And, and yeah. you know, we're in a seasonal business and they generally just don't have a lot of time to surf the web. But if they get a warm phone call or a warm text or an, a, you know, a highlighted email about a particular opening, they're probably going to see that message a little quicker than they are on a social website. So it's like anything else, like we've said, you have to be proactive. You said it earlier, right up front. You said you got to be proactive. You can't just be reactive. It's the same thing with like lead generation too and advertising. You got to be proactive. You can't just wait for your phone to ring, there's things you have to go and do. Now, I, I recently interviewed Tommy Mello, who owns a huge garage door company. I mean, he's got hundreds of employees. And he says they're, a, I, th I believe he said a third of the marketing that they do, he has three different groups of people that he markets to. And one of them is recruiting. He's okay. looking to fill all kinds of positions. So they have a full, I mean, a full on marketing campaign that is just out there looking for people every day, all the time. And we say to people here, even in the, on the podcast, you're constantly got to be out looking, keeping your eyes open, like going wherever you go, you go to Starbucks and you see somebody that's good. You go to the market and you see somebody that's good, that's got you know, the right kind of energy, you may want to right, uh, approach them and say, hey, I think I might have a really good opportunity for you. Yeah. Right? It, yep. So you're, you're hitting on a really strong chord because the, the proactive pi pipelining is, is a big topic of conversation within recruiting. So whether or not you've got an opening today, just consistently getting that messaging out there and again, creating top of mind awareness. Yeah. The other thing is we track our stats pretty closely. We're actually averaging 10 weeks time to fill. Eight to 10 weeks flies by. So we coach our clients to start looking for candidates 10 weeks before the ideal start date. So it can be a little surprising, but for any company that wants somebody in the seat by January 1st, you, you're going to want to uh, already be generating candidates and working on that search. It's, it's not a fast process, is it? Not, not, a, not today. Right. Not, not if you do a thorough vetting process. So it's, I mean, generally two to three weeks to generate candidates. You've got another few weeks to do a, a proper interview and screening process. Maybe there's some assessment testing in there. You're doing some reference checking and then the offer acceptance or the offer extension and acceptance that can be a week right there. Two week notice in some cases, I get that they get walked out the door sometimes, but, yeah. and then we have a record number of reloads this year too. So it could be another week or two for the individual to move from one city to another. So yeah, we're, we're averaging 10 weeks. So we're coaching clients to start a search 10, if not 12 weeks ahead of time. You know, that's interesting what you just said about the relocations, because especially in this world now, people, there's a lot of people are moving around and if, and if they don't have as much opportunity where they are, 
and you can provide them with a better opportunity with where you are, why not open up the search to a state over or two states over, right? And try and recruit people from other places, not necessarily only from where you are. That's, yeah. that's, that's good. Well, especially at the management level, so that that links back to the job board disconnect, because if, if I'm in Miami and I'm looking for a sales manager, I'm going to post an ad in Miami. But there's probably a really, for example, a really good sales manager candidate living up in the Northeast who is open to a, a Southeast reload, but he or she may not surf the Miami job board page. They might look in Orlando, Birmingham and, and miss your ad. So that, that just, it's another, it's another uh, reason to do that proactive type of outbound candidate generation, because especially for those reload candidates, it's even harder for them to get onto your job ad. So, you know, what's funny is I'll tell you, it's just you and me here. Nobody's listening, right? My business partner and I, she also happens to be my wife. We, we went through two or three salespeople early on because we wanted them local. We wanted them, we wanted to see them. We wanted them, to, we wanted to know what they were saying. We wanted them to be in every day. We wanted to be able to talk to them and all of that. My sales manager lives in Charleston. I'm in Miami. He lives in Charleston, South Carolina. My other salesperson who works for the sales manager works in Ohio. And we just got the right people. They weren't here. Yeah. Right. And so we're open to the idea. Now we can do ours remote, but I could have, if I needed to, I would have recruited the guy, my sales manager, I would have recruited him down to here just because he was, he's that good of a hire. So that's good. I, I it gets people thinking, I, I like what you're saying because it's getting people to think outside the box a little bit. Right. Let's talk about interviewing. I'm a horrible interviewer. That's why I don't do it anymore, okay? Uh, because I end up selling them on why they should come and work here rather than the other way around. So what are some, th I think entrepreneurs are probably the worst people for, you know, to interview a candidate. So what are some tips that you have uh, about interviewing, especially in this environment, right? I mean, things have changed a little bit. A lot of the first interviews, I know we've, we've been looking for people, we've been hiring people the last few months, and almost all of the initial interviews are done via Zoom. Yep. Yep. So a lot of video interviewing. Actually, we're, we're a little surprised this year. We've had a few hires now that were strictly video, no in-person interview ever. And these are higher level roles. You know, I, I often recommend just to Google for interview questions. You, you'd be amazed how many free resources are out there for, for good interview questions. And, and I, you know, we have different clients using different assessment tools, whether it be the disc or the profile, uh, whatever, whatever it is. But some of those assessments actually, when you get the, when you get the results on a particular candidate, it comes along with some good interview questions that are related to the candidate's assessment results. So there, there's just a lot of free resources out there. Generally, I'm a fan of behavioral-based interview questions, which are the, uh, tell me about a time, give me an example of. Uh, those are different than the, the situational questions where you give them a, a made-up scenario and ask how they would handle it. The behavioral questions uh, require them to draw upon a, a real story, a real example from their prior work history, which I think come, is a little more genuine and, and there's a little more meat to it. So 
if you Google behavioral-based interview questions, and even if you tag it with sales manager, you'll get some really, really good free resources. And you can, of course, you, you can do this on the operations side. There's some really good behavioral-based interview questions related to marketing, whichever department you're recruiting in. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of those. Awesome. The other thing. Yeah, the other thing I would keep in mind is, you know, it is a two-way courtship. Candidates are in demand and, and they're still in the driver's seat. So I like what you said, sell your company. You definitely want to want to talk about the advantages of working there, the culture, the growth opportunity. Make sure that you are selling at least a little bit and make sure that it is a give and take and make sure that you're prepared to answer their questions. Yeah. What are our candidates looking for right now? I'm I'm hearing a lot about stability. I'm hearing a lot about growth potential. Benefits are always a thing. Compensation is always a thing. But stability and growth potential are, are pretty consistent messaging for us this year. Of course, the obvious one is candidates are asking us a lot about remote work options, right? Do I have to be in the office? And so we have a surprising number of dealers, even larger dealers, uh, downsizing their office space and allowing their, their people to work remotely. So that the, the flexibility is, is coming up, obviously, this year with COVID. Yeah. Yep. Management style. It's totally different, weird dynamic. I don't know if I like it. Yeah. Well, it good and bad, right? Yeah. Good and bad. Our, bad. Yeah. Our our people are on the phone a lot. Our job is mostly remote. Most of our clients are out of state. So yeah. Our our ours, job is this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been interesting. Yeah. I, I think the the interviewing process and the hiring process has shifted quite a bit this year. But again, the, the demand for candidates and what the candidates are looking for hasn't shifted a lot this year. Yeah. You brought up assessments. We love them here. We okay. use them a lot. And you're right. Like there are some assessments where you can actually like, oh God, what's the word? You could create the model of the perfect person that you're looking for. Are there any assessments? I, I, I don't think that you said you like one or the other, but are, do you like DISC better than I don't know, Colby or StrengthsFinder or something else? or You know, we, we've deliberately chosen not to sell assessments. We use DISC internally, but I use DISC post-hire, not pre-hire. Uh, so oh. we, actually, we actually share our DISC results amongst uh, the entire team, and uh, we're very open about it. So we use it as an internal communication tool. So if I, if I know what your DISC is, it's easier for us to work together and communicate together. So we use it in a different fashion. And, and I have several people here doing the exact same job, all doing it well and all with different discs. So there, there's That's a little bit of evidence there. So yeah. you use disc after hire. Well, what do you use before hire <laughs> to determine if they're a good fit? It's more of a sales-based assessment. It gauges pace, energy level, things like that. I, I think the biggest recommendation I would make on assessments is whether it's culture index, DISC, predictive index, profiles, what have you, just make sure that it's validated. Meaning if I have 25 of my top sales reps take an assessment, regardless of which one it is, and I pull the, the consistencies out and set benchmarks based on those top producers, that's a validated assessment. But if I'm, say, a $30, $40 million dealer that is, for the first time, hiring a director of installation, you can't just make up what those benchmarks should be, right? So if you haven't tested 15 or 20 other successful director of, directors of installation, you're, you're purely guessing at what those assessment results should look like. So now, even if they're not validated, it's still a really, really good screening tool throughout the interview process because it gives you some insight as to the candidate's behavioral traits. 
just make sure that you're not misusing an assessment as a pass fail if it's not validated. Yeah. You know, I would imagine that a lot of the people that are listening to this are probably the people that are in charge of hiring. You know, they're the owners and they don't have a support team around them. They're not a $30 million company. What kind of, what tips do you have for them? Because hiring is, wow, hiring is so tough because you hire someone not good, they could mess you up. Yeah. So we work with, you know, three, four, $5 million companies that have not hired a manager before. First time hiring a sales manager, first time hiring a production manager. We're really the first thing is developing your, your candidate profile. Figure out what the job description looks like. Figure out what the expected outcomes are going to be. Figure out what your ideal candidate map looks like. Figure out what your compensation plan looks like. And really just get all your ducks in a row. What's your interviewing and screening process going to look like before you go to market and start talking to people? Because candidates can tell, you know, there's a lot of candidates that are excited about being early, you know, first person into a growing business. But what they're looking for is organization in, in your interview process. And they want to make sure that you're well thought out and, and well planned in terms of what type of person you're looking for and, and what, what their job's going to entail once they're on board. Yeah. And keep in mind, uh, most sane people don't want to work for a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, if, if you're in that situation and, and you haven't hired a lot before, or maybe it's a new role within your business, don't be afraid to ask peers about their comp plans. I, I think within our industry, there, there's a lot of giving and sharing that goes on. And, and it's, oh, yeah. it's great. It's great to get some ideas for bon, uh, bonus plans, for example, from up here. Yeah, there's a lot of information out there. And there are a lot of companies and a lot of resources that are willing to share. Well, this has been really great, Andy. I appreciate you taking the time. Where do people find you? What's your website again? Yep. So it's bricks, B-R-I-X recruiting.com. Based in Minnesota, we work nationwide. Yeah, bricksrecruiting.com. Cool. So yeah, so if you are listening to this and you need some help, you can reach out to Andy and, and his team at Bricks. I think hopefully this has been a lot of good information for you out there. This is a great, great time for home improvement, but it's also a challenging time because of, you know, not just the people, but we have delays in manufacturing and, and backlogs of work. And, but it's, these are all good problems to have, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's, the there's, alternative. there's still a lot of good candidates out there. We just have to approach them differently. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Andy. And to everybody listening again, go get a copy of your book, of the book, the seven secrets to becoming a wealthy contractor. Go to thewealthycontractor.com. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And until next time. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a different way? Did it spark an idea or ideas that you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. If it did, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you leave a five-star review of the podcast? By doing so, you'll help other contractors find the podcast more easily so that we can help them achieve more success, wealth, and freedom. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. 
We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. In fact, if you haven't already, make sure you go to thewealthycontractor.com and get your free copy of my latest book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. Just pay shipping and handling and I'll take care of the cost of the book. So until next time, this is Brian Cascadalsian.